Hey, this is Brent Jensen. You're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And joining me today is award-winning international film director and co-founders of Snap Films, Mr. Sergio Navarretta, joined by Alessandra Piccioni. Welcome, you guys. How are you? Thank you. Wonderful, man. It's Thanks great to for have having you here. us. Now, what we're going to do, Sergio, you are, you've got three songs. Yes. Alessandra, you've got three songs. We're going to go through Sergio's first, then we're going to switch out. Alessandra's going to do hers. All right, Sergio. Well, the two of you actually are probably best known for your feature film, Looking for Angelina. Is that right? Yes. Um, and that was based on a true story of Angelina. Is it Napol- Napolitano? Napolitano. Yeah. yeah. And she was a Canadian immigrant who murdered her abusive husband this back in like 1910. Yes. And stirred controversy surrounding the death penalty and also domestic violence way mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. Her her case was historically unique in that, you know, when you think about the times, 1910, there was this pre-internet, pre-technology, people barely had running water, at least mm-hmm. the uh, certain immigrant groups in Northern Ontario. And um, the fact that, you know, when she was sentenced to death, there would be such an outcry from all over the world. We They had... Millions of petitions, handwritten, that were mailed in to Ottawa to the um, the Attorney General's office. When we, you know, after months and months of research, when we actually went to Ottawa to the National Archives, it was just overwhelming to see these physical papers that people had taken the time to fill out and mail in to Ottawa. So it was it was one of the most I would say the most sensational murder case in Canadian history. It certainly had the biggest. Uh, file like physical file in the uh, in the, in our archives yeah and um and that was for for a good reason because you had this this woman this italian immigrant uh who came to canada for a better life she had four children and you know through a series of circumstances did what she had to do to protect herself and her family and um the justice system in canada at the time was not very supportive uh there were some key figures that eventually had her uh sentence um it was a it was commuted eventually um and there was a gentleman who was at the it's been so long since i've thought about Mm -hmm. thought about the film but um (laughs) it was just and it's so moving because uh you know she was from the same part of italy that my parents are from and Uh so i i had a at least a cultural connection to to her plight and what she went through and um through her i think through her experience and through learning more about her i learned more about myself my family and and just immigrants in general in canada it was Mm -hmm. you know we have a dark history and i think culturally we need to come to terms with that before we can move forward as a as a culture as a country as a society i agree now you are busy folks you've got two movies coming out so the cuban yes and also arctic dogs Yes. So one movie, The Cuban, was um, very much a passion project and something that uh, we produced, collaborated with, and you know we worked together on since since its inception. Since mm-hmm. you know the one page short film that uh, was presented to us three years ago. Uh, whereas Arctic Dogs, I came on as a um, service producer slash executive producer. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had the privilege of you know, coming on that project very early. So it was started on a napkin. Then it was the Cannes Film Festival. There were certain meetings that happened there. And it, you know, five years later, you know, we have this wonderful family movie coming out. And I, I, I was privileged enough to be a part of that. So that's it was great. Really fun. 
And that's out, is it, what's November? November 1st in theaters in Canada and the U.S. And then they're, they're, I believe they have um, a release plan for the rest of the world as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, we had a great cast and, uh, you know, Jeremy Renner, James Franco, Alec Baldwin, Angelica Houston, Heidi Klum, John Cleese, and Omar Sy, who's a wonderful, uh, well-known actor from France. So it was um, an incredible ensemble cast. But what, what I found most rewarding about my job on that was that um, overseeing storyboard artists, over like the, every aspect of it was highly creative. And because it spans over such a long period of time, mm-hmm. uh, you really get to experience all the facets of it. Whereas live action is just hit the ground running. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. There's very little time to actually stand back and observe. And, and in I don't want to say enjoy because I very much enjoy live action but it's just a different you're on adrenaline yeah yeah well congratulations thank you thanks i look so much. forward to that yeah thank you okay so let's get into your songs so you've got three as we said before we're going to split them three and three so your first song sergio is by leonard cohen and it's hallelujah i get chills whenever i hear that song no matter who performs it no matter who sings it there's something it's just it's it just resonates and uh i guess fortunately and unfortunately it reminds me of being at my dad's funeral it was one of the songs that kept repeating in the funeral home over and over and over again among others like my way and there was several other songs that uh repeated so I, it's bittersweet when i hear that song i feel deep emotion but i also feel hopeful there's something about leonard cohen i mean it's not you know i study vocals obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm a bit of a, a critic when it comes to vocal range or vocal talent. And I don't think the way that Leonard Cohen sings is not, is not the thing that I'm drawn to. I mean, it's, it's more like, it's more poetic. It's more, you know, he's not Pavarotti. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a it's different a more, thing. It's more so the passion. It's the passion. It's the, yeah. You just feel, you feel every, every syllable, every word that he, he sings. And, um, I just think it, for me, it represents a time when, when art, when music meant something, you mm-hmm. know, uh, when you think about the films of the time as well, there was always a social context. There was always a sort of a, a reason for telling that story. Right. Whereas now there's a lot of, there's a temptation to make music, to make money, mm-hmm. make movies, to make money. There's that whole commercial element that's overshadowed everything else. Whereas yeah. when you think about, Antonioni or Fellini, why they made movies because they were, they had a burning desire to say something about society, about the politics of the time. And sadly, a lot of those themes are, are so universal. You can watch La Dolce Vita today and it's still relevant. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Anyway, so back to Hallelujah. I think that's why it, it, it means so much to me that, that song. Yeah. Uh, so many versions of that song have been done. Yeah. Who do you think did the best one? You think it was Cohen? <laughs> it's a tough question. It is a tough question. You think uh, about Katie Lang at the Olympics. Yeah. You think about Buckley's version. It's it's one of those like I definitely have strong opinions about other songs, but that song, whoever sings it, like if you sang it to me right now, I tear <laughs> up. Because you know? it was so bad, maybe. Maybe. It was like, oh man, that is the worst. No. It would I definitely just, make you cry. It's I don't know what it is. Melodically, uh, it's just, I guess that's what it is about music. It's just, uh, there aren't words to describe 
Yeah. The feeling that you get, you just, it hits you and it, it bypasses a lot of that kind of cognitive BS that goes on, you know, in your mind. Music cuts through all that. And that song is one of those songs that, that does that for me. That's my greatest fascination with music is that it does that thing to you that you cannot describe and cannot prevent. Right? Mm-hmm. No one's immune to it. When we shot the Cuban, I was very aware of this. And uh, I purposely played songs that matched the theme of the scenes we were going to shoot. Yeah. And all the actors can tell you. And we actually have interviews with some of them just talking about how wonderful that experience was. And uh, one day we had the union show up on set. And she told the woman told me, she said, I expected the worst. Like she came in with her boxing gloves on and she yeah. left extremely impressed with how happy everybody was, how just the, she described it as the total vibe on set. She's like, every set should be like this. That's it's great. Like, uh, it helped me get through the day. Like I, from five in the morning, I was listening to our soundtrack, some of the mu- you know music that the great Hilario Duran had pre-recorded before we shot the movie. So I started in the shower listening to those songs, got me in the mood rhythmically and and in every other way. Uh, It put my mind, got me into that mindset where I needed to be. And then I played it for everyone else subconsciously. So the person, the craft service person serving the food and the actors and everybody was on the same page. Yeah. And they probably weren't even aware of it uh, because it was subconscious in some ways. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Frank Sinatra's next, New York, New York. Yeah, it's so big and epic. It just uh when I think of New York, I think of food, so it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think of being New Italian and eating food. It's all about food. <laughs> Life's about food. What are some of your favorite places to eat in New York? Just give me one. One? Yeah. Mario Batali's No way place. Yeah. Um where is that? I can't remember where it is. I'll get back to you on that. Is it like downtown? Yeah. Downtown. It's downtown, and I can't remember the name of it. Mm. Anyway, it was like, that was an, you know, sometimes you eat for pragmatic reasons because you feel pressure in your stomach and you just need to fill the hole. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times when you eat and you have an experience. And, yeah. you know, I was there on business, like we, we were there in a meeting having, and I just kept switching from, you know, focusing on what the content of the meeting to, oh my God, this is like amazing. This is an experience. Yeah. And then the other place in New York, uh, which is unfortunately not there anymore, was Risotteria, which is in the, it was in the village, in Greenwich Village. Yeah. And it was one of the few places where everything in the place was gluten free. Ah. Everything from the, the bread they serve at the table, the breadsticks, the beer, all the different dishes. And, uh, that used to be our favorite hangout. We would go there to kind of get creatively re inspired and juiced. Uh, so cool. Yeah. New York, baby. New York, New York. Okay, last one before Alessandra takes over. Lucio Dalla Caruso. Yeah, so I um I grew up uh so I was born in Canada. Yeah. My parents came in 69, so it was a late late wave of immigration. They weren't uh part of the first or second wave. They came to Canada on a lark. It was sort of like, you know, admittedly my dad was a communist and I think for practical reasons it wasn't a good idea for him to be in Italy anymore and they threw caution to the wind and said, let's, let's go to Canada. So we were in Canada. Uh, we, so they moved here and I was born here, but there's always this sense of wanting to go home. So I was always confused. I went to kindergarten speaking Italian, learned English. You know, there was always a sense of 
going home. And then, of course, every year we go to Italy and that didn't feel like home. Mm-hmm. So I was always displaced between these two places. And growing up listening to the Italian radio station constantly and uh, when I studied vocals at the conservatory, a lot of the songs that we were performing and learning were Italian, Italian opera or whatever. And um, so when I hear that song, it just brings me home. Like it just I feel and it's just like the emotion in it. It's like I can't even describe like it's just so impactful and yeah. uh, soulful. And my parents come from the Naples region, so that song resonates for me. It just, uh, as soon as I hear the first piano, a couple of piano notes, I'm, I'm in, like I'm, I'm committed and it just takes me on a journey. So that's great. Yeah. Means a lot. All right. Well, thank you. Let's, uh, hand it over to Alessandra now. Thank you, man. Yeah. All right, Alessandra. So, um, your three songs are up. Before we talk about those, let's talk about, uh, the Cuban. The Cuban is uh, a movie that hasn't come out yet. So it's about uh, a young Afghan woman who gets her first job in a nursing home. And she meets an elderly man who has dementia and finds out through music. She finds out that through music, she can get him to talk to her and it triggers his memories. And she realizes that he was a famous musician back in Cuba. Mm. So the, the film is about their relationship and how they how they come together through music and and the friendship that they develop and um, how it influences her life. Yeah. So basically it's about the power of music. Very, very cool. And that, that was our initial connection really how we met. Yeah. Yeah. And starring Oscar winner, Lou Gossett Jr. By the way, which is really cool. Yeah. Lou Gossett Jr. He was fantastic to work with. Um, Anna Golia plays the young girl. She's, uh, she's uh, known from her role in Degrassi and um, Shorey Agdashlu is also in the film. Emmy Award winner, Oscar nominee, um, Lauren Holly. Lauren Holly too, yeah. 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 Giacomo Gignotti, Grey's Anatomy. Great cast. So when is the film coming out now? So we don't have a release date set yet, so I can't say exactly when. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 2020. 2020. Won't be too long. 2020. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into your songs here. So you've got uh, your first one is Billy Joel, Piano Man. Right. Yeah. Just along the, because we're talking about the Cuban, I thought it'd be interesting to bring up some songs that really influenced me in my writing process as I was working on it. Um, because it's a musical film, the, the film features uh, a lot of Cuban jazz music, mostly performed by Hilaria Duran, who's uh, an amazing, he's a legendary uh, Cuban pianist. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it's interesting that as I was working on the film, it just occurred to me one day as I was driving, Billy Joel's The Piano Man came on and <laughs> and I was working on the film. So I had the Cuban in my mind, the storyline and how it was all going to play out. And I was developing the, you know, the scenes and stuff. So it was all I was always thinking about it. And this song came on and just the way that the song sort of starts out really slow and it's kind of gradual and soft and you you kind of feel that you're in this bar and things are kind of quiet and then it swells yes just this swell happens and then it goes back down to being quiet and then it swells again and that roller coaster of emotion it i don't know it just got to me for some reason and it occurred like it gave me this feeling that this is what i want the cuban to feel like ah so i thought i had that in the back of my mind as i was writing so i wrote it kind of as a piece of music like yeah. as, to mimic this this pattern of this musical song yeah. yeah 
That's great because I yes. get that too when I hear that song. You know, particularly, you just reminded me of that line that the piano, it sounds like a carnival. Like there's so yeah. much imagery in that song. It's one guy playing a piano in this crappy bar, but he just evokes all of these great emotions. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because the song itself has nothing to do with the movie. Right. Right. It has nothing to do with Hilario and his Cuban jazz or any of the Afghan you know, traditional tunes that are in it. It's, it's, uh, completely different, yeah. but it's more the structure and the emotion of the song, which I think is always the whole point of music anyway. It's always. all about that emotional connection and it can come at you in any, pretty much any form. Yeah. So that's how that was my connection to that song. That's great. Yeah. And it definitely got under my skin. What do you say? Songs that make your, your skin vibrate. Your skin vibrate. It yeah. definitely had that feeling. Like when you asked for the songs, I thought, what songs make my skin bite? Like it's such a specific <laughs> idea, right? Yeah. And I did remember that moment of like, oh, yeah, that feeling. Yeah. 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 Goosebumps. Your skin tingles. Yeah. When you hear it every time. Yeah. That's great. Okay. You might have to help me out with this next one. Ibrahim Ferrer. And the song is called Kisas. Oh, Kisas. 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 Yeah. Okay. Good. Kisas. Yeah. Okay. What's the story behind that? So um, Kisas this is just one of the songs that I would listen to as I was working, as I was writing the Cuban. So that particular song features in the Cuban. Uh, the main character sings it. Okay. Um, it's a traditional Cuban song. It's been done and redone about a thousand different ways. Mm. Uh, normally, it's not the kind of song that really gives me that feeling. But that particular version of it, that duet, and it's it's played on the piano, it's just incredible. It's just so, I don't know. It just really evokes that emotion for me. So yeah. I, I listened to it, that along with a few other Cuban songs. That one kind of s stands out a bit because I like to listen to it as I was actually working. Okay. And, you know, it's very evocative. And the third one is probably similar, right? Uh, Zeb and, Hi is it Hania? Yeah. The song's called Paimona? Yeah. So Paimona is a, it's a traditional Afghan song. Ah, Okay. So there are a number of um, characters from Afghanistan in the film, including the main character. So there was a whole process of meeting people from the Afghan community. Af Afghan culture is, it's interesting because it's not the kind of thing you can read about in a book very easily, or it's not like you can just Google it and find things out about it. Usually the first thing you see is information about the wars, the takeovers, the all the suffering, the 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 political state of the country. That's the kind of stuff that you find online. You can get uh, you know information about the religious sects and all that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. but you never get a sense of the people, right? And, right. and so it, I don't know. It it becomes something that is hard to connect to. So through actually one of the actors in our film, Kane Mahone, and uh, and also Shorea Dashlu, who is not Afghan, but she's um, from Iran, which is close and, mm -hmm. you know, Middle Eastern as well. And also we had a group of Afghan people of Afghan descent uh, that live in Toronto who would meet with us on a weekly or biweekly basis. And <laughs> I would just literally ask them questions about, you know, uh, what would you do on a Saturday night? What would your fam? What, how did your family get together? What kind of uh, events did you have? How would you? Uh, what would your dinners consist of? What kind of things would you talk about? What you know, everything you can imagine. So I learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was a huge learning curve, and I began to appreciate the culture a lot more. I mean, I went from zero to you know, I started from zero basically, and uh, I really got a sense of a 
of an appreciation of the culture and also a feeling of connection, mm-hmm. um, which was great. And some of that connection also came through the music because yeah. I learned, you know, I listened to uh, some of the traditional songs that they recommended. Some of the, this particular song, Paimona, actually made its way into the film. Ah. So there's a, there's a moment in the film where the aunt, played by Shorey, she has a quiet moment with herself where she sort of comes to terms with things. I don't want to give too much away, but she comes to terms with her situation and with her her niece, and mm-hmm. and she puts this song on and her memories. Actually, it's associated with her memories specifically, and she puts this song on, and uh, and you just sort of hear it. it's kind of a sad but beautiful moment. Yeah. Okay, that's so great that you did that, that you chose to to look at people and even further through the prism of music. Yeah, music is amazing. It, it's such a yeah. it, what's what's crazy. Sorry, I know maybe I'm rambling, but no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was just going to say it's absolutely connective, like no other thing that we can name, really, if you think about it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's and what's really crazy about this particular song when you think of Afghan culture, you think of it being you know there's Islam, it's conservative, uh, there's certain values. But if you see the translation of the words to the song, it's a love poem. And it's it's a beautiful love poem and it's kind of sensual and everything else. And it's just, it's like, wow, it gives you this whole other layer of the culture that you don't normally see, right? Yeah. So at least in this part of the world, we don't normally see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. I like that. I'm looking forward to seeing the Cuban even more now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks well, so listen, much. You guys, yeah. thanks uh, so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. It's been great. Oh, this has um, been great. Yeah. Great to meet you, but also great to have a chat about music, which I always love doing. Awesome to have you in. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And good luck with the Cuban and Arctic dogs. Okay. This has been No Sleep to Subber with Brent Jensen and my very special guests, Mr. Sergio Navarreta and Alessandra Piccioni. Till next time, folks. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.